Shameless Media. Why, hello there, and welcome to the first ever episode of Everybody Has a Secret. I'm sneaking into your ears before we get stuck into things to formally welcome you. In season one, we've got eight banger episodes dropping every Friday. We've been working on this show for months and can't quite believe the day is finally here. So thank you for giving us your time. Let's get into it. No matter who you are, where you live, what you do for work, how rich or broke you might be, you're carrying around a secret. We all are. And this show, well, it's all about spilling them. Welcome to Everybody Has a Secret. My name is Annabelle Lee. I'm your host and ultimate secret sharer. Today, I am joined by Louis Hanson. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having me, Annabelle. Oh, thank you for joining me. I'm so excited to be here. I know. We've been just like off mic buzzing and I'm very, very excited. I feel like this episode has the potential to be, you know, when you find yourself in smokers at the club, (laughs) absolute tea with a stranger. Yeah. And just like unpacking someone's wild secrets. Unpacking shit. It's going to be totally unfiltered everybody so just prepare yourselves this is the energy now I'm very well aware of the content that you put out into the world and I'm absolutely a huge fan but in case the listeners do not know who you are by way of introduction could you please elevate a picture yourself to us hello Hello. so I'm a bit of a slushy in the media I guess have a podcast and a column and then I kind of just talk shit on the internet and that's pretty much what I do. Yeah, it's it's as if you're amongst smokers every day is what exactly. you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> now, Louis, I want to ask you a question to warm us up. Can you keep a secret? Yes. I actually, I can. Does someone have to be like, hey, Louis, I'm telling you this big secret and I don't want you to tell anyone or are you just always ziplocked? You'll never share. I'm actually trying to think back to real, you know, pivotal moments in life where people have said don't tell anyone actually no I have always kept the secret oh, well I know who to go to when I've got a big secret always kept the secret sometimes I might be like mum you'll never guess <laughs> actually I did that last week so does it count if I tell my mum and I don't tell anyone else and mum won't tell anyone have I still kept the secret I think you have in my opinion <laughs> I think we all get one person and if your mum is your person although I don't actually think she's not going to like her groups and telling people do you think that she tells her friends your secrets or oh. your friends secrets you know she'd get excited and tell the aunties (laughs) oh I know oh it's a it's a dangerous slope isn't it yeah oh but I'm sure you're fine now do do you keep secrets yeah I think that I generally do I feel like I have two people who I tell most secrets to which is my sister and my best friend me and my best friend actually often do I live with her so we do like weekly debriefs where we just like tell each other everything that we've come across in the week. We call it our weekly gossip session. So every week we sit down and we tell each other everything. Oh, I love that. It's incredible. I actually wish that I had mics at the time and recorded them and I could slot it in right now to give you a bit of a sneak peek, but unfortunately. Oh, and you just unpack the wildest shit. It's like all those TikToks where it's like, I'm not going to tell anyone. And then they're like, throw away the key (laughs) and like their besties jump out behind them and like catch the key. I don't know if you've seen those TikToks. No, I definitely have. And I'm playing it in my mind. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Louis, before we pressed record, we asked you to think of a secret to share with us because it's only fair. We ask the listeners to share a secret of theirs every week. What have you prepared for today? What secret are you going to share with me? Well, I had to think long and hard about this one because, you know, in my adult life, I like to think that I'm a pretty open book. So we're backtracking a bit mm-hmm. and we're going back to my childhood. Ooh, I'll do some background Ooh, music. Thank you. And now we're back to Louis' childhood. Thank you. So the year, I want to say 2003. Mm-hmm. I'm in year two. So the end of the day in the classroom and the teacher is like, okay, now like pick up all the paper on the ground. So everyone's on the floor picking up the pieces of paper. My friend, let's call her Alice. Hello, Alice. Welcome to the story. Welcome to the group chat, Alice. (laughs) She is picking up paper with me on the ground and she whips out a pair of scissors. And for context, she has really, really long hair that flows down to her waist. Beautiful hair. But she hands me the pair of scissors and she says, (gasps) do you want to cut my hair? And she pulls out this strand that's like at the front of her hair and it's just like, cut it. (laughs) And I'm like, in you too. And I'm like, okay, Alice, let's go. So I cut her hair quite high and give her this like little, you know, kind of fringe moment. (laughs) One of those like indie fringes. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. So she was just ahead of her time. She then goes back home and the next day her parents have come in and they've said who's cut Alice's hair and it started this whole drama around the school about who cut Alice's hair. And you're like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So me and my other friends, you know, in recess and lunch would start this, you know, huge campaign to find this person that cut Alice's hair because Alice, she was a true bestie. She didn't tell anyone who did it. Shout out to Alice. Shout out to Alice. Like snitches get stitches. <laughs> and she, she knew. She knew what was up. And so to this day, I've never told anyone that it was I in year two that cut Alice's Louis hair. Louis the haircutter. <laughs> yeah. And you know, it actually feels really great to get that oh, off my chest. Well, I'm glad that this yeah. was a safe space and you felt comfortable sharing that. Thank you, Louis. Thank you, Annabelle. I'm actually so surprised Alice never said anything. Right? Do we still know Alice? Is she still a bestie? We still, we know of Alice. She, she was great and she still is great. We kind of, we kind of just drifted after school yeah. because I, I don't think we really spoke much after primary school. Maybe it was because of that moment. But we, we were really close and I don't think she ever told anyone. That kind of, have you seen Sex Education? Yes. That kind of reminds me of season two when I don't remember the character's name, but he like throws shit out of the bus and then everyone's like, who did it? Who threw the shit? And he's like, it wasn't me. It was but very it was his bad. shit. Yeah. And it was my shit. <laughs> it was your shit. It was my shit. <laughs> okay, let's get down to business, Louis, because in every episode, we open a letter from one of the listeners. Each letter will reveal that person's deepest, darkest secret, much like your hair slash shit secret, mm. a secret that they've never told anybody. Mm. You and I don't know what this letter contains yet. We will find out at the exact same time as our listeners at home. I'm going to hand you a letter. I'm excited. Here's your letter. Slash nervous. Today's secret is from Amy. So let's open the letter, which our producer Justine will narrate for everybody listening. And it says, my father. My father. Yeah. Okay, here we go. You've been asking for secrets, so I guess here's mine. Growing up, I always felt a little different. I am 10 years younger than my brother and eight years younger than my sister, so I always felt a bit like the random sibling that came along years later. But truthfully, the real clincher is that I don't look like them at all. They look so similar they could almost be twins, with fair skin and dark hair. I, on the other hand, have really olive skin. Growing up, 
I was so insecure about how wildly different I looked to them that if we went to the beach or spent time in the sun, I would cover myself up. I simply couldn't bear the thought of looking any more different to them than I already did. You see, I probably subconsciously knew why I felt insecure. It just wasn't until I was about 15 or 16 that I really let myself go there. I was away with some new friends in London and, while connecting with them, told them the one thing I'd never properly acknowledged to myself. I'm pretty sure I'm a love child. To make matters worse, I also told them I'm pretty sure my mum was having an affair with my biological father for years while married to my dad. So, why the sudden aha moment? Repressed memories, maybe? I don't know. It's just that as I got older, I started to wrangle with things from my childhood. For example, when I was three and four, I vaguely remember going to lunch with my mum and a random guy every single Thursday. They would hold hands and kiss and I would sit in the middle. I didn't know who he was. I just knew he was important to her. As I got older, the lunches stopped, presumably because my mum knew I would start to remember things or go home to my dad and tell him what I was doing and seeing. When I was about nine, I heard my mum on the phone one day. She was talking to a man who wasn't my dad, telling him she loved him and that she couldn't wait to see him soon. I must have understood the concept of an affair because I walked into the room and asked her if she was cheating on my dad. She started to lie for a couple of minutes before relenting and telling me that no, she wasn't cheating on my dad because my dad was the man on the phone. In that moment, it all made sense. The guy from those lunches when I was so young, the guy on the phone all those years later, my dad always working interstate, the reason I look different to my brother and sister. The weirdest part is... I never brought it up with my mum again. I've never told my dad either. I'm now in my 20s and over the years, the whole thing has made me feel so much closer to him. I sometimes wonder if he knows because he is a smart guy. Other times, I actually wonder whether it matters if he knows or not. He is my favourite person in the world and I feel so, so close to him. I always put him first. As for my relationship with my mum, well... It's as normal as it can be, given the circumstances. I think from the outside, it looks like we have a pretty good relationship, but there are things I can never forget because I don't respect some of the decisions she's made over the course of her life. I'm at a point in my life where I could happily live forever, never raising this with my family. Part of me genuinely believes we could all go through the rest of our lives sweeping this under the carpet. But then, my partner often reminds me of another important point. If I ever have kids, is it fair to deprive them of understanding who they are in their entirety? Probably not. But I guess that's a future me problem. Oh Oh my God. That was a lot to process. I kept looking over at you and seeing your eyes just be like, whoa, there's another fact. There's another fact. What's your gut reaction? What is the fact that stood out to you from that letter? I walked in talking about (laughs) me cutting a, a piece of someone's hair and we have just thrown ourselves into the deep end with this one. There are so many layers to this. There is like a full drama series that we could make out of this letter. Absolutely. Absolutely. My first thought was, you know, at the end of that letter, Anonymous talks about the fact that they're at a point in their life where they could happily live forever, never raising this, you know, with their family. I almost just want to ask them like, Is that true? 
yeah, I'm also like, I don't know if I believe you. And I don't think you're lying, but maybe you are subconsciously lying to yourself. Anonymous, let's call her Amy for the sake of this story. Amy. Has had to deal with a lot. Like she's had to work through a lot of shit. Recently, some repressed memories have come to light. And I just don't know if she has fully worked through it all yet. Mm -hmm. I'm also just like, I wonder who actually knows. I wonder if the dad knows. I want to know if this is actually a secret or if members of the family know of this but aren't talking about it. Mm. Like, would it not be healthier for everyone to just put it out there and see who knows? Because maybe people need to talk it through to work it out. Okay, so if we go, if we backtrack. Let's backtrack. And we backtrack to Amy growing up and just feeling different or removed from her siblings. That in itself would feel so isolating Mm. to just grow up feeling othered in your own family and feeling separate from your, your own siblings. So even that in itself, you know, would carry almost this sense of like shame and burden about who she is, which is just so horrific. Yeah. And then having a mother who drops this bomb, tells you this thing like, Oh, the guy on the phone was a biological father. And then just never talks about it again. That is baffling to me. How can you never speak about it again? Louis, this is no doubt a huge story. And I want to break it all down even further because I can sense in your facial expressions that you want to talk about it more. And I'm so glad about that. But before we do that, let's hear a word from today's sponsor. Okay. Louis. We're back. We're back. I want to ask you what has been on my mind ever since hearing that story. I want to know if biology matters in this instance. Amy's dad that she has grown to love might not actually be her dad, but she's saying that she does love him a bunch and that their connection is super, super strong. So does the fact that her biological father, that he's out there, does that even matter? I don't think so. Yeah. I really don't think so. I mean, she has such a great relationship with her father, who is her father. He's... Mm. He's raised her and she says that they have a loving relationship, right? And she she really looks up to him. That it's stronger than ever. That is what a father makes. Yeah. So I think in terms of trying to find that answer, I really don't think that, you know, in the long run that will affect her relationship with the father who has raised her because he, by all accounts, will always be her father, her dad. He's been there through thick and thin. And if they love each other and, you know, He's watched her grow up and he's cared and supported for her. Like that is a bond that you just won't be able to take away. So I don't think it'll affect her relationship with her dad. But as you said earlier, the act of repression, that can come around to bite you in the ass. Yeah. If you think, you know what? No, I have a really great relationship with my father and, you know, I'm in my 20s now. We're growing up. I don't want to rock the boat. I think that's a telltale sign that like down the line, the art of repression, if you repress it down for so long, somewhere down the line, the answers are going to start to come up again. Yeah. And maybe if an opportunity has arisen now, which I'm not sure if it has, to meet her biological father, she should seize it again. I don't think that she thinks biology matters. Like it sounds so obvious and it's a no brainer, but if she thinks biology matters, then it matters. She said that perhaps it doesn't, but then there are some things in that letter that I have read and it makes me think that she actually does, to an extent, feel like biology matters. For example, the detail that you said before about her looking different as a child and how how much that affected her. Like, Mm. I think if it strengthens her connection with her own self-identity, meeting someone who 
<laughs> half of his DNA is in you. That's like quite a profound thing if if you've grown up not feeling connected to your siblings or you don't think that you look like the parents that have been in front of you all of your life. I think that maybe that could benefit from meeting her real biological father or even having the secret come out. But again, this connection with her current father seems strong enough for her to let all of that go. I also think on that point though, her father that she has formed a connection with throughout her life wouldn't hold it against her. It seems like their connection and their relationship is strong enough that if she did decide to meet her biological father, he wouldn't by any means break off that bond. But then at the end of the letter, she said, my partner is worried about if we had kids, we'd want to know where I come from in essence. Mm. So if that is a concern, I think maybe she should pursue it. What do you think? I think so. Adding another question into the mix though, her current father I wonder how aware he is of the situation, Mm. right? Do you think he knows? I feel like he's not an idiot. I feel like he would know because of how obvious the mum has gone about, like every Thursday getting her child to meet up with this random guy. That seems like kind of a silly move. I don't understand her intentions there. And the fact that Amy witnessed them kiss. It's a bit obvious and I think it's a bit, I don't want to say stupid because this is like big family matters that we're talking about. Yeah. But it just seems like if she's willing to expose her daughter to potentially talking about the secret and telling her husband this secret, that she maybe would be open to the idea that her husband might already know, or maybe they've talked about it. Yeah, and I guess it would just be so hard from Amy's perspective not knowing whether her parents have talked about it and thinking that down the line if she did want to pursue this or even talk about it with her current father, that it may somehow impose on you know her parents marriage and I'm sure she would feel shame and guilt in that regard I don't know what you're leaning towards (laughs) but I just feel as though for someone who has obviously grown up and had this desire to really as you said understand her biological makeup and just know where her connections lie and I know she's in her 20s now I think now would be the time to really have a deep chat with her mother first Mm. to get the answers that she wants. I agree with you, but I think where Amy has landed in her mind is that she is maybe wanting to sweep things under the rug. And I'm I'm wondering, because she's a clear believer in sweeping things under the rug, are you generally? Because it seems like you are anti-sweeping things under the rug. Like you would rather have it all out in the open. I swept a lot as like a child and adolescence, even with like my own sexuality, you know, repressing that side of me. Yeah. And I know very different instances here, but even in that regard, I came out when I was, I was 19 and before that I refused to admit that I was gay. And after I came out, I thought it would be fine, but I think the years following that, I still really struggled because I just feel like as a human, when you have these desires, whether it be to find out your biological makeup or like, you know, you're holding another secret in, Just the act of holding that in or trying to deny those desires within you can have long lasting impacts on your mental health and your mental well-being. Because I think you are then admitting to yourself that maybe my priorities or my desires don't matter in the scheme of things. Yeah. And I think they do. I think in these instances, I just think you have to be selfish. Yeah. What do you think? Have you swept? I, yeah, I used to sleep a bunch. (laughs) (laughs) Much like you with Alice's hair in your little dustpan. Yes. (laughs) I, yeah, used to sleep a bunch. And I think it is hard to tell Amy to let all of that go when she's in the thick of it right now. Because in hindsight for myself, 
I wish I could tell my old self, don't do it. I think you would be in a much better place mentally if you were to just talk about, you know, what's going on in your life. Now, I used to sweep in terms of like very different to what you've been through, but my family life was quite tumultuous and I just like wouldn't speak about it, even acknowledge it within myself. I would just kind of like push it aside and kind of like feign this happiness that really wasn't legitimate or genuine at all. And then when I actually did end up telling my best friend about everything, it was like this big relief and it all just lifted off my shoulders. I was like, why hadn't I done this sooner? So I, if I were to say anything to Amy, I would just be like, I know it seems really hard now, but maybe in the future you'll look back and be like, I'm so glad I put it all out there. Louis, in some of the episodes of Everybody Has a Secret, the producers sent me out to universities to ask young Australians their opinions, because of course, I adore hearing your opinion, but we do want to hear from people outside of this podcast studio too. Let's hear from them and let's hear what they had to say. When it comes to family matters, are you a believer in sweeping things under the rug? I don't think I've had anything swept under the rug. I think we've all had to confront everything. Things that were swept under the rug have resurfaced anyway, so you may as well just be out with it. I like sweeping some things under the rug with family, but I don't know, I feel like I just disconnect. I'm like, I'm out of here, you guys deal with it. I'm not involved with myself unless it's like about me. If it's like <laughs> stealing like 250 from mum's purse when I was seven, I yeah, think like, we can, can we sweep it. We can let that one go. When it's on my terms, <laughs> let's sweep it. Uh, no, definitely not. Being transparent and open is the most important thing. I feel like things should be said outright. There are things that need to be talked about and should be talked about, even if it's uncomfortable. No, definitely not. I know that that's happened in the past with my family and it only just bubbles up and it just creates an atmosphere that's not really healthy. So I think getting to the root of the problem, I know I'm guilty of this too, sweeping things under the rug, because I'm a Libra, so I hate confrontation. (laughs) I hate confrontation, so I have done that definitely. But you just feel so much better, like a weight literally has been lifted off your shoulders when you just confront someone about something. I am literally exact same. I am also a Libra, so I absolutely hate confrontation. If ever I have an issue or anything, I'll just try and bring it up as soon as I like have it. Even though that is confrontation, I just really just try because I hate welling in the anxiety of a potential situation. Depends on the family. Everyone's situations are different. Yeah. What about for your family? We're a very open family. We like to talk about everything, so I would say no. <laughs> no. The thing is, like, I don't want to sweep things under the rug, but sometimes I have to just to get through the day. I don't want that to be a habit, but unfortunately the reality is that it does happen quite a bit within my family. Louis. I know this is maybe not directly relevant, but I did some very extensive (laughs) research and I discovered that you are a Libra. I'm not. You're not? Oh my God, I'm a shit researcher then. I'm a Scorpio. You're a Scorpio. Is that like, okay, I have no idea what horoscopes are about. So when is your birthday? Because I looked this up. Is Scorpio near Libra? Yes. It's it's just before Scorpio. (laughs) So God, I wish that I could keep that a secret. <laughs> That's okay. I'm October 25th. Libra is right before Scorpio, I think. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The humiliation. Can you see it all over my face? Not I'm at humiliated. All. No, no, no. We're keeping it cool, calm, We're keeping perfect. It, yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> but honestly, close enough. Because I wanted to know. I firstly went through Instagram and I was like, oh my God, his birthday's on this day. I looked up that date and it said Libra. And I was like, great, oh, here we are. That website. Lies. Lies. But two of those respondents were telling me that they were Libras and they hate confrontation. And I wanted to know what your relationship was like with confrontation. Do you tend to be outspoken in your life? I like to think that I do. 
I kind of weigh up the pros and cons of the scenario. It's like, is it a scenario in which it will do any good to like vocalize my thoughts? Or in some instances, I'm like, if it's a minor thing that I'm upset about, maybe it's doing more harm than good by vocalizing it. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like I don't need to vocalize every single qualm that I have. What do you think? I think that's maybe what the last person in that set of Vox Pops was talking about when she was like, I don't think it's necessarily right to sweep things under the rug, but I tend to do it with my family because it's Mm. the easy thing to do. If I know it's going to cause friction, I may as well just stay quiet. If it's like a little thing, and I kind of agree with that in my family, there are things that I just don't have the energy to confront people about as you said before people tend to feel shame about what goes on inside of it as well so I think people draw the kinds of things that go on in a family as a direct reflection of themselves which is maybe why Amy in this instance doesn't want to talk to anyone about it although she did actually in London bring it up so maybe she does want to lean on people and talk this through I'm also really aware that this is Amy's life and if she decides to keep this secret to herself because she does really value her relationship with her father. If that's the decision she makes, then she's best to make that decision. And like, what if, I think this is what she's thinking, what if this does do more damage, talking Mm. about the secret and putting it out there? What if it does actually hurt more people and more relationships than she would like? Completely. And I mean, I think that's an ongoing theme throughout the letter, right, is she's almost protecting the relationship that she has with her father right now. There's this form of protection and I think maybe an innate fear that in seeking these answers she will ruin that that kind of like sanctity that strength that bond that she has with her father so yeah there's a lot of risk involved and that is obviously something that is so pertinent within her that she is willing to as we said, sweep things under the rug in order to protect that bond with her father. So that is a really interesting aspect as well. I think that's totally valid as well if that is how she feels. It's her relationship with her father that she has experienced all of those years and it would be a lot to worry about risking that crumbling when it's one of her most important relationships. Completely. And look, we don't know the family dynamic, right? All we can can gauge is from what we've read in this letter – We don't know what her bond is like with her father, but from this letter, it sounds like they have an extremely close relationship. So he sounds like an incredible person. Yeah. So much so that even if she did seek to find out what her biological makeup was, I don't think that would change how he feels towards his daughter. I agree. My gut instinct is I don't think that it would, but I imagine that she's maybe catastrophizing in her head being like, what if this ruins my relationship with my father and my biological father is a dick and then I have no one and it, yeah, it's totally understandable. Before we finish this episode, I want to talk about this concept of repressed memories and how there are lots of memories in our childhood that we just have forgotten. I know that that's happened to me. My parents divorced when I was a kid and there was all this other stuff that happened that I actually didn't remember until kind of recently, like a few years ago, I think my sister was like, oh, I remember this. And I was like, no, what the fuck? And then it all just came flooding back and it was quite overwhelming. Mm. I want to know what your relationship with repressed memories is like and if you've got any that you have recently resurfaced. It's so funny that I feel like these repressed memories now are starting to come to the surface for all of us in this yeah. like similar stage of our lives as we like grow up into yeah. adulthood. It's this time of realising things. It's realising things. <laughs> and now we'll hear words or like, yeah. you know, I don't know, we'll have flashbacks of certain memories that just bring us to these repressed memories that we've had for so long. I think I had very similar 
forms of repressed memories, but it all came back to just me being closeted in like my like childhood and like adolescence. So it would be like little memories of someone being like, oh, like he's gay or something. And I would get so worked up and anxious and no, I'm not. And I would get so panicked that I would just repress those memories. And so now, like last week I was just sitting on on the couch. I don't even know how it came up. But then I thought about this time in year four when like all the boys were like calling me gay because I was like sitting with like a group of like my girls. Yeah. And the girlies. The girlies. (laughs) And I was just like, wow, I hadn't thought of that moment for what? 15 years. Don't you think there's an aspect of it that's like, maybe it's because your body somehow knew that you can handle it now. Like you have gone through all that shit and it was obviously a terrible time. Mm. But maybe now that you're an adult and you're like, Louis Hansen kicking goals, your brain was like, let's feed that back to him now and see how he handles yeah. it. <laughs> like the mind is relaxing a bit. Yeah. And it's like, you can handle that. I love that. I think that's what's happening with Amy though. I think maybe now is the time that she feels like she can deal with this information that she held for so long. And it's tough. I know it's tough. I cannot imagine being in her position, but I feel like she's got enough information and enough support in her life. Like a partner seems like he's really there for her, that she will be able to come to a decision. Mm -mm. I think so too. Yeah. And I think my gut is just telling me, Amy, how are you? (laughs) Thank you for submitting this first and foremost. I appreciate that we've been able to speak about this. My gut is telling me that... If you don't search for these answers, there will always be this what if Mm -hmm. in the back of your mind for the rest of your life. Now, I'm thinking like, so first steps, I'm thinking, well, you've already had this conversation with your mother once. You both know the tea. You you both know that the other person knows. So it's like reigniting that conversation with your mum, maybe privately, wouldn't rock the boat Mm -hmm. as much. So I would say maybe start a conversation with your mother again. But look, no matter what decision you go down, I just, my gut is telling me that that will never change the relationship that you have with your dad because he's your dad and he would just love you through thick and thin. I love how you look directly into the camera. It was like, oh, she's speaking into Amy's soul. I agree. I think mum is for Amy. (laughs) Listen to us. (laughs) You're in a trance. (laughs) Talk to your mum. <laughs> I think that's a great first step. Talk to mum, see how she reacts, see what she thinks. It would be a whole nother thing if she's like, no, fuck no. That would maybe change things. <laughs> and Amy, at the moment, you don't know your full life story. And I think that you're actually owed the story in its entirety. Mm. Louis, that is all we have time for today. Thank you so much for joining me for this very first episode of Everybody Has a Secret. Annabelle's been so fun. Thank you for having me. So fun. These are some secrets. They are dramatic. We are not fucking around. No, we ain't. As always, thank you to everybody else for listening. To support our brand new show and to make sure our episodes drop in your feed every Friday, subscribe to Everybody Has a Secret on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. If you have a secret you're itching to spill, write us a letter and mail it to our P.O. box. You'll find all the details about where to send your letters in our show notes. Of course, you can also email your letters to hotline at shamelessmediaco.com. Everything we read will, of course, be kept totally anonymous. As for socials, you can find us on Instagram at Everybody Has a Secret Pod and on TikTok at Everybody Has a Secret. See you next Friday. Bye. Bye. This podcast was recorded on Wurundjeri land. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land.
Hi guys, Shameless Media's video producer Charlotte here. I'm abruptly popping up at the end of this episode to tell you about a new series I've been working on called The Tastemakers. It lives on the Shameless Book Club feed and the series explores the inspiration and motivation of Australia's most trusted tastemakers. Hosted by the wonderful Gemma Diamond and spanning across six episodes, we'll hear about everything from beauty to lifestyle and food. One of my favourite episodes to film was with Maggie Zhao. She's such a bookworm and she offered up some really interesting in-depth insights that I really loved. It's so good to see Gemma and Maggie sit down and talk about books and they just had such a fantastic chemistry on the day that when we were shooting, I just knew that this was a good episode. Oh my God. So do you know how we talk about social media and it's like, yeah, like an overnight success, like this person, you know, overnight literally gained a million followers, right? So think of that and now think of the opposite (laughs) of that. (laughs) And that is me. Tastemakers is made for anybody who is looking for a slice of inspiration from influential women who are ready to offer up their expertise. Search for The Shameless Book Club in your favourite podcast app now, have a listen and make sure to click follow so you don't miss your next favourite episode.